Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I'm sex educator and sexual communication coach, Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey, friends. Today, we'll meet Jami, a 23-year-old cisgender female who describes herself as Hispanic, bisexual, and heteroromantic in a relationship and previously monogamous but exploring with her partner about opening up the relationship. She describes her body as being curvy with a few extra pounds. She grew up in the United States and the Dominican Republic. People often ask me how I'm able to hear so many stories about coercion, assault, abuse, and stay in a space of calm compassion without experiencing some secondary effects of trauma, like depression. There are a lot of factors involved, and maybe someday I'll do a solo episode about this. I believe a primary factor is the amount of internal work I've done. Getting upset at hearing someone else's story is often a signal that there is unhealed trauma within ourselves getting triggered. For instance, if I hear a woman's story about getting date raped and I have unhealed trauma about assault in my own background, I'm not just responding to her story. I'm also laying all of the details and emotions of my own experience onto hers and responding to my story. I have been actively working on healing my own trauma for the past 15 years. I'm not done, not by a long shot, but I've done enough to be able to sit with others in their pain and not lay my own pain on top of it. And that's important in these conversations. Part of why people feel comfortable telling me their stories is that I give them a place where they can climb down into the muck while I maintain a safe anchor for them to return to. Me getting upset would actually make them less safe to tell their stories. But for some reason, Jamia's story broke through all of that. For the first time during one of these interviews, I got really angry as I listened to her story. And in this episode, you'll hear me respond in a way I haven't before, including wishing that I could punch someone on her behalf. Why did her story touch a nerve for me? I'm not actually sure yet. But I clearly have some digging to do so I can find that bit of unhealed trauma and get to work on it. So I'll get started on that while you listen to this episode. I am so pleased to introduce Jami. Thank you so much for joining me today for the podcast. Uh, one of my favorite things is when listeners get in touch and say they want to do an interview. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How did you find the podcast? I just searched up on um, Apple, something in regards to girls talking about sex. And <laughs> this was like the third one that showed up and it was my favorite. So, ah, yes. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) Yes. I'm glad I found it. So, so let's start where I start every interview, which is what is your first memory of sexual pleasure? I was thinking about this one. Um, I wouldn't be sure if I would classify it as sexual pleasure, but the first time I ever remember 
encountering anything sexually. I was about six years old and I had a friend, a female friend, and she asked me to pull down my pants and then she just was just touching me in my vagina and she was younger than me. So that was a very interesting thing to think about in the moment. I didn't know exactly what was happening, but that was, that's the first memory I have of uh, anything sexually. Yeah. Did it, did it strike you in when you were a little girl, did it strike you as strange or was it just like, Oh, this is a thing that we do as little girls. It was very weird. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know what to expect. It felt wrong. Mm. Like I knew that if my mom were to walk in, she would be upset about it because I was always taught not to let anyone touch me in my private parts. Oh, okay. So when it happened, I was just in shock, but I also trusted her because she was my friend. So Mm -hmm. it didn't feel, it didn't feel good. It did feel a little bit strange and wrong. Mm -hmm. And did it just happen that once or did it happen more? Only that once that I can remember. Mm-hmm. I don't have many memories of when I was younger, but that's one of the very few memories that I can remember. Mm. Yeah, I don't have a lot of memories either. And that can be a little disconcerting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember if she also pulled down her pants and asked you to touch her? I don't remember that part mm-hmm. at all. Okay. What were you hearing in your childhood home about so, so you said that you heard that nobody should touch you in your private parts. What were you hearing about consensual sex, if anything? Nothing at all. Nothing. I never ever had the sex talk. Oh, ever wow. in my life. Yeah, I've never spoken about sex with my mom or anyone in my family, really. Wow. So, how were you supposed to learn about sex? I learned it in school with uh-huh. my friends. <laughs> Wow. And that's it. Yeah. And was that true? So uh, you told me that you grew up partially here in the US and partially in the Dominican Republic. Um, Where were you at different parts of your childhood? For most of my life, I was in the Dominican Republic. Then I officially moved here and only went to visit in the summer times when I was in high school. Okay. So when you were younger child, you were living in the Dominican Republic. Was that sort of lack of conversation about sex true of most of the people, most of the kids that you were around? Or was that something that was true about your household? I think it was mostly true in my high, my household. I don't remember um, many people's telling me if their parents talked about it or not, but they did know Mm. about it. I did, while I was in elementary school, I did take uh, some grades. I did take some classes here in the U.S. as well. And here, a lot of the kids knew about it. So it was very different Mm -hmm. depending on what grade I was in. Hmm. So you said that you heard about it from other kids. What kinds of things were you hearing? That's where that's how you can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't remember exact moments. I just remember learning that when you get your period, then you can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. But something that I've noticed that I noticed that many people don't go through is me growing up. I wanted to get my period. Versus, oh, really? Yeah, it was very interesting. Like, I always remember, remember thinking, I want to get my period. Like, all of my friends have it. I want to get my period soon. It was like a, a weird thing because most people feel ashamed when they get their periods the first time. But something that I did learn about with my mom is when you get your period, you are more grown up. So you need to be more careful Um, But it wasn't ever a bad thing Mm -hmm. in my family. So did you talk to your mom about getting your period? No, we didn't talk about it. We just, she just kind of told me, you know, when you get your period, because she just assumed that I knew that Mm -hmm. I need to let her know 
And then when I did got, get the, my period, I did let her know. And she just gave me the pad. I knew what to do. I don't know how I learned. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more of a celebration yeah. than a bad thing when I got my period. That's lovely. I'm glad that you had that experience. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So did you at some point in there start exploring your own body? I don't remember exploring my own body until I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. I never had seen any other sexual acts that I can remember. Because again, I don't remember much of my childhood memories. Like a lot of the things are like a blur. Mm -hmm. But from what I remember, the first time I started like touching myself was when I was in middle school. And how did you discover that? Do you remember? No idea. Yeah. I think maybe I saw, cause I, I had a computer at that point. I think maybe I saw something on social media and mm. then I started looking at videos online, mm -hmm. but I don't remember how I discovered that. Yeah. And do you remember it feeling good or did you have to sort of figure your way around there? <laughs> it felt good from almost the beginning. Um, like from the beginning, I knew that I, I didn't like penetration that much, like fingering myself, mm -hmm. but more so like clitoris stimulation. That's something that for some reason, since the beginning, I knew to do mm -hmm. and I've always liked that. And uh, I'm going to jump ahead here for a second, but is that still true when yes. you you still enjoy clit stimulation more than penetration? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. At what point did you start thinking about bringing another person into that interaction with you? In eighth grade was the first time I ever had sex. And it was more so... It's not so much that I wanted to, but it almost felt like I had to hmm. in a way because I like the one-on-one um, -on -one time, I guess you could say, with myself. And I was scared <laughs> of bringing someone else in. And I always felt like I had to wait until I got married before I had sex. Mm -hmm. So it was very, um, very different for me, I would say. So you were about 13 or 14 at that time? Yes, I believe I was 13. 13. So you said you felt like you had to. Was that because you were dating somebody that that you wanted to further the relationship? Or was there some other reason? Yeah, I was dating someone that I wanted to, that I thought I was in love with at the time. Yeah. Um, obviously, I wasn't, but I was scared of if I didn't, that I would lose him. Mm -hmm. Was he somebody who had a lot of experience? I don't know if he did or not. I think that he told me that he did, but I don't know if I would really believe that. Mm. Was he pressuring you to have sex? Yeah, yeah, definitely. How did you feel? I'm just, I'm struck by the way that you said it, <laughs> that you felt like you had to. That's why I'm, I'm pushing a little bit. Did you want to? Um, not really, no. Like, I didn't enjoy it. It was basically just... One time in, well, we tried it and then it was not really going in. I don't know what was going on. And then as soon as I started bleeding, that was it. Like from yeah. there, I just wanted to go home, mm -hmm. but I didn't enjoy it. It sounds like if you weren't really wanting to be there, there hadn't been a whole lot of touching or anything that you probably weren't lubricated. And that would be why it would be hard for him to penetrate you because there was nothing sort of <laughs> gliding the way for him. <laughs> and so it makes sense that it wouldn't really work and that there would then be some tearing. Um, I'm sorry that that was your first experience. Yeah. It sounds painful. It was painful, but it was okay after like a little bit after I was home, you know, I just laid down yeah. for a little bit. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this really happened. Yeah. And I mean, after that, I didn't want to be with him anymore. Cause I'm just like, this isn't, it just didn't. So you didn't see, continue seeing him. No, that was, that was it after that. Had you gotten any kind of birth control before 
you had sex with him? No, I believe, I don't remember if he did or not, but I believe he did have a condom. Mm-hmm. So you hadn't, um, obviously you hadn't talked to your mom and asked her to take you to Planned Parenthood or something like that. Um, but so that was not really on your radar. It was, it, the boys took care of condoms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't continue with him. What happened next? Um, the second time, um, it was with a family member that I was telling him, <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. I was telling him what happened and he was being my friend. Mm-hmm. And then he would say, oh, you know, we, you should come over and we should hang out. And I was like, okay. So I skipped school. When I got there, it was, that happened. Um, you know, we had sex. It wasn't something that I wanted. He just kind of threw himself hmm. on me, I would say. And I don't really remember much. I just remember thinking if I'm just still, it would just pass by sooner. Oh, I'm sorry. So was he an adult? He was older than me. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his age. At that point, I was, he had already graduated high school. I just don't remember how old he was. I just remember knowing that he was done with school. Mm -hmm. I can usually maintain a stance of a lot of compassion for a lot of different people and be pretty calm, but I want to fucking punch him. Yeah, that is so not okay. I mean, it's never okay to take care, take advantage of a woman ever. Add on top of that, that he was pretending to care because you were traumatized and used that to then traumatize you further. Ah, that makes me really, really angry. (sighs) It took a while for me to um, be okay, but I'm okay. Yeah. Did you have to continue? See- I mean, if he's a family member, did you have to continue seeing him? I've tried my very hardest not to see him. Yeah. I've haven't seen him in a few years, but I did see him after that a few times. How does it feel to be in his presence? Um, I feel like ashamed I don't I feel like if I see him now I'll feel angry but yeah I thought that I did that to myself when I did go to his house Mm -hmm. I was like I should have known to expect this because no but then it took a while for me to realize like no this is not something that you need to be ashamed of like you didn't ask for this yeah Uh, he just took it upon himself so it was Mm -hmm. It is not your job to not be assaulted. Yeah. You know, like he's not only is he a family member, but he appears to be offering you the kind of caring that you really needed in that moment. It was not your job to go through the calculus of, is this person in my family going to assault me? You should be able to assume that's not going to happen. Yeah. You did nothing wrong. Oh, my God. I just want to fucking punch him. Yeah. That's how I feel, too. I don't usually have that kind of reaction, but good God. <laughs> um, wow. How did that change things for you? After that, I never wanted to be around guys. Yeah. Like, ever. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to date anyone or be alone with like any man. Yeah. Until like many, many years later. Mm-hmm. So it was hard at first 
because, you know, I right after that, I just I had plans to hang out with my friend and I was just like in so much shock and I didn't know how to feel or even like comprehend what had happened. It was just like like I was living in a blur. And after that, I just didn't really care too much about sex. Yeah. Were you getting any sort of physical touch and affection anywhere else from your girlfriends, from your family? Um, Not really. Like my family, they're not really like affectionate. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really get affection. That's hard. That is a thing that can drive a lot of people into relationships that they don't actually want because they're craving the physical touch so much. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a hard place to be. Yeah. Um, what was your relationship with your body through this time? I don't remember having a relationship mm-hmm. with my body after that. I don't really remember much of like what I did afterwards. Yeah. So you stopped masturbating, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what about your, uh, how did you feel about your body in terms of body image? Um, my body image, I don't think it really changed. Mm-hmm. I always felt like, you know, I was just average, mm-hmm. you know, like, some people told me I need to eat more to gain weight. Some people told me I had to eat less to lose weight. <laughs> so I just considered myself to be pretty average. You know, I didn't really think much of my body image or I never really cared to dress with tight clothes or mm-hmm. girly, I guess you could say. I was just, you know, I just wanted to be comfortable. So I didn't yeah. really look too much at my body. Yeah. So I don't know a lot about the culture in the Dominican Republic. Um, but when you just said some people tell you to eat more so you can gain weight and some people tell you to eat less so you can lose weight, it sounds very similar to my Jewish family <laughs> who are like, you need meat on your bones. You need to lose weight. <laughs> so is that part of the culture there? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you're too skinny, they're going to be very worried about you. If mm-hmm. they see that you're eating only a little bit, they're going to put more plate, more food on your plate. (laughs) And if you're overweight, they're going to tell you that you need to lose weight. But, you know, it's by working out. You can't stop eating. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they just tell you to eat healthier. But then, you know, they feed you rice every single day. (laughs) So it's, um, you know, pretty much it's always either you're too skinny or... You're too fat. That's just, there's no in between, really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So were you living in the U.S. at this point? By the time you were a teenager, you were in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah. So how did that change um, your uh, understanding of sex? Like, what were the different attitudes between the Dominican Republic around sex and the attitudes in the United States around sex? Um, In the Dominican Republic, everything was just very different. Because I felt like when I was in middle school, I had a lot of crushes. You know, it was like if a guy would like me and I would like him back, we would kiss, you know, but nothing more was expected. Mm. Or maybe it's because of the age difference from when I was in um, the Dominican Republic versus when I was living here. But Mm -hmm. I really didn't know that much about uh, sex or anything really just this is how you have kids just don't do it yeah and like I went to Catholic school so they did not teach us when I was in the (laughs) yard they did not teach us anything about sex that's just something that your friends would know and your friends would tell you about it yeah so no sex education no sex education no not at all Because goodness forbid, young people should know what their bodies do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And 
<laughs> you always had to wear a skirt under your knees. Like I, the first day of school, I did not know this. And I wore my skirt a little bit above my knees and I was sent home. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, they are very strict in school that I went to when I was wow. in middle school. Mm-hmm. I get so many messages from listeners saying, thank you for the show. I've listened to the whole back catalog and it's helped me completely transform my sex life. Are you one of those people? If so, I'd love to have your support so I can keep growing this show and bringing a new vision of sexuality to the world. If you haven't done it yet, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. I know the podcast industry does not make reviewing a show easy. So go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash good girls, and it should lead you through the process of posting a review. I'd love to get 100 reviews by the end of the year, and I could use your help. And if you have the financial resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be so grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. And... I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are now either illegal or heavily legislated. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And speaking of Patreon. There is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free for everyone to listen to. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access it. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you, whether you're a client, a contributor, a social media follower, or a silent listener. I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show. So as you go through your teenage years, at what point did you start becoming interested in interacting with people again, dating and having sex again? Um, well, when I first started dating, I was in high school and it was more so like, talking, sometimes kissing, but I never, ever wanted anyone to touch me. Mm. Like I would be okay with kissing, but I had my, I guess you could say my first boyfriend after all of this happened. And I felt very comfortable with him. You know, we would talk. I never told him any of this. I never talked to anyone about any of this. And I remember one time we had gone out on a date and we were coming back home attempted to touch my breast and I just out of instinct just like smacked his hand oh yeah and then after that I was like I felt so guilty but I noticed that he never ever again even tried to touch me and then afterwards like we barely even kissed or anything and I was you know Mm. I was confused as to what was happening but I didn't want to say anything about it and he was just very nice and very patient but it never went more than that Mm mm-hmm And then afterwards, I was like, okay, like after we broke up, then I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit more comfortable with myself. And afterwards, I would date more guys here and there. And like, I would be okay with making out. And like, if they wanted to put their hands on my waist, I would be okay with that. But I was never alone in a room until... It's hard to find the timeline of when things happened because I yeah. don't remember the dates. Then I had met another guy and then we were alone in a room and we were making out, but it was just just making out. But we were alone and I, was, I felt comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel pressured and I was actually enjoying it. So then afterwards, I started like feeling a little bit more and more comfortable with myself. Um. And then the next time 
that I had sex. I'm trying to remember my age, <laughs> but it was with my first, I guess you could say, serious boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I first just, you know, felt comfortable with making now and then, you know, being alone in his room. And then I allowed him to like touch my my breasts under my clothes. And until, you know, little by little, it got to where I was comfortable enough to have sex with him. Why do you think he was different that you were willing to allow him to touch your breast? Looking at it from now, from my point of view now, Mm -hmm. I would say that he knows, he always knew what to say to get what he wanted. Oh, so it was a little bit manipulative? Yes. Oh, okay. He always knew what to say to always get what he wanted because I kind of like looked up to him because he seemed like this person who had his whole life together and he seemed to be caring and, you know, I really cared about him. But, you know, little by little, I started realizing that he was actually... He was a liar. Like he cheated on me with Mm. several people. He actually, I wasn't having sex with anyone else, just with him, but he was having sex with other people. I don't, I only know one person because she told me, and then I ended up actually getting chlamydia because. Oh God. Yeah. So then I ended up just breaking up with him, found out that everything that he basically told me about himself was a complete lie Mm -hmm. and I think that it's because of what you said I had I didn't have any affection really but he gave me affection and he gave me attention and he made me feel like I'm important Mm -hmm. oh god I'm so sorry um I want to go back and ask a couple more specific questions about that relationship looking at it from your perspective today is hard because now you know what you didn't know then, but were you having pleasure during those sexual encounters with him? I would. Yes, I would. I would enjoy it. Um, Certain parts of sex, like I would enjoy when I was riding him, for example, because it gave me clitoris stimulation, but that Mm -hmm. was really the only thing that I, enjoyed doing with him were you coming to orgasms yes only writing him though yeah (laughs) that was the only way (laughs) and did he pay attention to your body as much like was he in it for his pleasure or was he also paying attention to your pleasure um I think he was only really paying attention to his pleasure because Whenever he would try to do something like, for example, giving me oral, it really, it didn't feel good at all. And it's just maybe he just tried to do a bad job at it. So he didn't have to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you aching to explore new vistas of your sexuality? Do you hear me talk about concepts on this show and think, it makes sense, but I need help applying it to my situation? That's where personalized sex and intimacy coaching comes in. When you work with me, I promise to help you feel safe exploring your sexuality. Together, we'll look at your needs and desires without judgment and help you figure out how to fulfill them. There's no single answer that's right for everyone. So I'm going to help you discover what's right for you. And we'll go at your pace. That's the pace that respects your emotional needs, your boundaries, and your nervous system. Because going too fast can send you into shutdown, while going too slow can be infuriating. The goal is to find what's right for you. I work with clients who are motivated to explore many different areas of sexuality, including things like expressing your sexual desires to current or future partners, exploring if you might be queer, 
challenging body image insecurity in sexual relationships, dipping your toes into BDSM or consensual non-monogamy, learning to date after a long time out of the dating pool, exploring sexuality for later in life virgins, and so much more. I want you to have a deeply fulfilling intimate life and together we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your free, no obligation discovery call, visit leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. That's leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. So it sounds like you've had a series of not great experiences. You have the first guy who didn't bother to wait until you lubricated. You had the second guy who I want to punch. You had (laughs) the third guy who was paying attention solely to his own pleasure. And then the fourth guy who just sounds like he wasn't even present with you at all. Yeah. Please tell me that <laughs> you have had a good experience. Yes. yes. Okay, God, thank you. <laughs> I have had many amazing experiences now. Excellent. Let's talk about those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the first time I had sex with my boyfriend, with my current boyfriend now, it was absolutely amazing. Like mm. he just knew what to do, when to do it, and <laughs> He has just always continued to improve and he has made me orgasm like more times than I could count Yay. <laughs> in one day. <laughs> so yes, I've had amazing experiences with him and I've told him basically any, everything within my sexual past. So he knows me very well. He knows what I like. He has also done a lot of research on how to get really good oral sex. Mm-hmm. And he is amazing. <laughs> 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 and we've explored a lot, um, like with swapping. We've explored in threesomes, like with both uh, female and with males. When you say swapping, you mean swapping partners? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always, we've always only tried in the same room because mm-hmm. I, we like having those experiences together. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've experienced a lot. We've been together now for, we're going to have five years in a few months. Oh, wow. And we've been having sex the entire five years, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so it's been amazing. Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, you deserve it after... <laughs> that string of assholes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, you mentioned before we started recording that you were thinking about talking with him about going from your current relationship structure, which is monogamy with some external play mm-hmm. um, to opening it up. What are you thinking you might want your new structure to look like? Um, well, we were speaking about it a bit beforehand just you know here and there we do talk about it and I like the idea of both of us being able to explore emotionally with other people because I do think it's possible to develop feelings for other people and to care about them and to just have like a relationship in which you have like your main partner which would obviously you know be him Mm -hmm. And also be able to date other people and explore other people emotionally. Because I feel like with every person, you can have a different relationship with. And you can, you know, have a different, I guess you could say, vibe, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. So you're wanting to experience different things with different people? Yes. So if you are comfortable with the idea of you going out and exploring with other people. Are you also comfortable with the idea of him going out and exploring with other people? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a level of trust and connection between you that you think will allow you to maintain that primary relationship? 
for sure. I know that everything that I share with him, I won't share with everyone else. You know, like we share everything from finances to traveling together. We share a home Mm -hmm. and I love him unconditionally. He's also had experiences in his past and his childhood in which, you know, he was also taken advantage of. Mm. Um, And we've been able to overcome a lot together and grow a lot together, but he is the most honest, like loving person that I know. I'm (laughs) truly grateful for him, but I trust him. You know, I live with him, so I trust him with my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I definitely would be okay. And I would enjoy for him to explore more of himself and, I feel like you really get to learn more about yourself if you're exploring different things that you haven't before. And, Mm. you know, sometimes just talking to someone else and having a conversation, you start realizing things. And the questions that someone else may ask you are questions that you may not have thought of yourself. So then you start realizing, oh, wow, I did not know this about myself, but now I do. Yeah. So, um, what kinds of relationships are you hoping to develop outside of this primary relationship? Are you wanting to have like full fledged romantic relationships with other people? Are you wanting to just date and have some casual sex? Uh, there are lots of things in between those two, Mm -hmm. but what are you imagining? Are more so date casually Mm -hmm. and depending on how those relationships or those dating, I don't know how to explain it, (laughs) but depending on how those relationships go, whether you date that person once or if you see them several times and if you talk to them like several times in a week or every day or even talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. And then, but I wouldn't want something so serious in which... I would show that person to my family because my family would never understand that. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want him to meet someone that he wants to, his family to meet, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to get that serious more so in a fun flirtatious. Like I care about you and I care about your well-being and I like talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy my time with you type of way. So how do you, I'm going to ask you some sort of hypothetical questions, because you're not doing this yet, it sounds like. But um, so how do you imagine setting up the boundaries for this kind of relationship? So it sounds to me like the boundary you're setting is, I want us to be able to date and even have sex with other people. But um, we need to stop before any serious feelings get involved. How do you imagine um, creating that boundary and maintaining it for yourself and for him? Um, I feel like with everything that we've done, we always start with very strict boundaries. Oh, yeah? Very, very strict boundaries. And then we start building from there, seeing what are we comfortable with. Mm -hmm. and like before when we first started exploring ourselves sexually with other couples it would just be like we wouldn't even kiss the like I would be I would be able to kiss the other female but not not the um, male Mm -hmm. half of the relationship Um, and then we kind of just built from there to the point now where we're both comfortable with being in separate rooms And, you know, as long as we're both comfortable with the other couple, and I feel like it would be the same if we do decide later. I'm not sure if this is something that we will do because I would never want to do anything to like harm our relationship because that to me is the most important relationship now. Mm -hmm. So if so, if this is something that he would be okay with, then it would be just okay. So for now, Let's just explore talking to other people and maybe possibly going on a date with this other person. Yeah. Depending on how you feel, then, okay, maybe maybe now we could do more in terms of, okay, now you can also 
have sex with the more people or you know just go from there mm-hmm. so we always try to build from what we already have I really like that you are thinking of it in such a sort of small, steady steps instead of like, hey, there's a pool, let's jump into the pool, (laughs) (laughs) which is how a lot of people do it. And it ends up being a disaster. (laughs) But if you can really set up some good boundaries and really have good um, conversations and agreements, something like this can be really successful because you're each feeling seen and heard and respected. And that is what really creates the foundation for a successful relationship, whether it's open or closed or anything else. Yeah, we're definitely very much in tune with each other's needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've never broken a boundary that the other person has set. Because the most important thing between our relationship is respect for one another, mm-hmm. you know? So if I know that he's not comfortable with me doing something, I'm not going to feel comfortable with doing it. Yeah. And so we always try to respect each other's boundaries, even when we have been playing with other people or, you know, having sex with other people. If we're in the middle of, of a situation in which we want to do something that is n- going to break the boundaries we kind of know to look at each other and we just kind of know if this is okay or not mm-hmm. or he would tell me like babe you can if you want to like uh-huh. we kind of just know you know what to say in the moment to make sure to let the other person know i'm okay with this yeah it sounds like you're really connected yeah yeah we talk a lot especially now in the quarantine <laughs> We talk all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That is a lot of togetherness. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's time for the lowdown. The things we're dying to know, but would usually be too polite to ask any good girl. Do you enjoy having your breasts played with? That has changed recently i don't know why but before my nipples were very very sensitive and i enjoyed it but for some reason now it doesn't feel the same i don't know why but i want to like it again (laughs) (laughs) so i've been trying to research as to why it is that it kind of feels like i'm losing sensitivity on my nipples Mm Can you orgasm from intercourse alone without additional stimulation? Yes, I can. Do you prefer the orgasm from masturbating or from sex with another person? With my boyfriend, if it's like my favorite way to orgasm is him giving me oral. Okay. That's my absolute favorite way. All right. Um, What kind of touch do you enjoy most? What what do you mean by that question? Do you enjoy, are there specific places on your body that you like it? Or do you like it really gentle or scratching or? Um, well, specifically my waist. And mm-hmm. I don't like it to be gentle because I'm very ticklish and I mm-hmm. don't like to feel tickled. So I like it more like not aggressive, but more like you're holding me. Like I could feel you holding me and I just like ticklish. You know, uh-huh. I don't like to be tickled at all. How do you feel about your partner watching porn? I like it. Anything that has to do with um, him enjoying himself, I enjoy it. That is such a, I love that answer. I mean, I just love that answer. <laughs> and I think it's a particularly positive answer given that you want to open up the relationship and explore with other people because it's so important. I don't know if you're familiar with the word compersion, but it's that is the the um, word that has been created by the polyamorous and open communities to talk about it gives me pleasure to see my partner having pleasure. And that is the space in which 
it can be a really successful experience to open up. Not to say that there's not still jealousy and all of that, but if you are deriving pleasure from your partner's pleasure, then that means that there's a real solid foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Jami, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I really appreciate you showing up to do this. Thank you for having me. This was definitely fun. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And remember, there's a treasure trove of audio extras available for free at Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash goodgirlstalkaboutsex. While listening to those extras is free, producing this show is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. I donate 10% of all Patreon proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are increasingly difficult to obtain. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash goodgirlstalkaboutsex. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at goodgirlstalk for more sex-positive content. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. As your sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. Until next time, here's to your better sex life.